This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues. Enter promo code BREACH10 for 10% savings. You're listening to Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 292 for the week of Wednesday, the 27th of September, 2017. I'm Eddie, and with me tonight are... Adam. Ben. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the XM Studios Beta Ray Bill statue, the SH Figure Art Sun Goku Kaioken version, the Mattel Batmech Rookie Collect and Connect figure, and the Kota Bakia Bishoju Squirrel Girl statue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Action Figure Blues. How are we all doing today? Hello. Yay, we're doing. Yay. Yay, we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And Adam, you there? (laughs) Hi. Hi. Yeah, there he is. (laughs) Worried we lost you. Maybe after we've done 300 of these, we'll be able to kind of, you know, do it a little bit more or less. Segue in smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Uh, uh, it's not our style. That's not why people listen. Your robot podcasting friend. <laughs> okay, Scotty. Since you're the most robotic tonight, how are you doing? What's new in your <laughs> world? Uh, Man, I feel like a robot because I am running on um, just you know electricity, and that's it. Um, my 16 year old had her debutante ball last Friday night. Um, and it, which I have been referring to as wedding junior, um, <laughs> because I, it felt like we were getting ready for a wedding. We bought a dress that looked like, and cost like a wedding dress. Um, <laughs> but it actually was a lovely evening where the families were included and it was really well structured and it was a lovely event for the kids. And we had family come from interstate, um, for this. So it actually turned out to be great. But Mrs. Scotty and I sat out on the deck on Sunday morning and we were just like, oh, my God, we survived. I can't believe we survived. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Yeah, we did. Very nice. And anything new in the collecting world? Um, I don't think so. I, I mean, my Toy of the Week, apart from my Toy of the Week I'm going to be talking about, um, I did actually get a chance to unpack some things that I haven't – um, that weren't kind of new acquisitions, but I hadn't actually had a chance to look at before because you know, you have visitors coming and you have to get the guest room ready and, um, you know, all that. So, but I don't think anything super new to report. Um, my sister was staying in the study, which is my like, you know, workspace slash toy room, um, which is really super tidy, but then it has, have you ever seen the episode of Friends where, um, Chandler finds Monica's junk closet? <laughs> yeah Hi. so uh, no oh my gosh it's spectacular like it's spectacular <laughs> and so yeah she, you know he finds out that the reason that everything is so tidy is because the closet in the apartment which no one else is allowed to uh, open have a key to yeah, yeah. is full to exploding level of <laughs> all the crap and that's what the closet the cupboard in the spare room is like because it's got all the unprocessed unstored 
toys and graphic novels and all that bizzo in there. So my sister came in and she was like, no, I need to hang up a dress. And she went to open the door and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, fair enough. Yeah. And Ben, any formal occasions in your world? Uh, no, uh, no it's school holidays. So it's uh pretty cash actually. So yeah. Yeah. We lots don't of, use uh, the SH word around here. Uh, Lots of energy-expending activities, so preferably in the morning, so they're uh, cactus in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, but I did um, oh, I did get my sideshow collectibles Bane premium format statue, which came in a gigantic box. Um, and once again, the uh, the poor courier looked like he was about to keel over as he <laughs> no. sort of hoofed it. Because I tend to um, I tend to leave my car in the driveway rather than putting it in the garage which means when he pulls into the driveway, he's sort of right at the very end of the driveway because uh, my car's you know, usually in the middle. So he's got to sort of hoof it all the way up. But to my, you know, you know on, on my side, that the, the um, tracking actually said that it wasn't due for another two days. So I don't feel quite, you know, as bad. But, uh, yes, it was a giant box. And I'm looking forward to reviewing that one, but I have to wait till John's on the show. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, what about you, Mr. Adam? You made any couriers suffer recently? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, we have a steep drive and we have a street, steep front yard generally. Um, I got <laughs> my my figure that I'll be talking about tonight delivered um, and four pairs of pyjama pants from uh, Peter Alexander. <laughs> so, and, and that, amazingly, was the most exciting thing that happened to me uh, last week in terms of delivery because I was out of summer summer weight uh, pyjama pants and it's starting to get warmer over here. <laughs> oh, now, you can't think included of, underwear. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can't think of anyone else that would include sleepwear in their list of acquisitions. It would have to be Adam. <laughs> Uh, and I got a new pillow. There you go. Oh, there you go. On all levels. Just for the US listeners, Peter Alexander is a store here, not a very friendly listener. That really. That's <laughs> right. Just one of our, you know, one of our favourite uh, listeners of the podcast who sends out, yeah. you know, sleepwear. Oh, it's amazing what you can do on three D printers these days. That's oh. right. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Miss Ready? Um, I've. I'm currently sitting here with two springs in my hand that I'm just squeezing um, back and forth. And it is weirdly toy related because I um, figured I would do a very big toy of the week. And I had uh, my Transformers Trypticon uh, on mm. layaway at Big W. And uh, that ended up being a bit of a journey, which started when I went in this morning because they open up early at eight o'clock to pick it up. And Big W had lost my lay-by. Oh, uh, awesome. So, <laughs> um, uh, there were calls going all over the PA as people were um, being called into the back lay-by section to <laughs> dig around through the boxes. <laughs> and, and I don't know what it is with lay-bys, but they tend to wrap them in garbage bags. It yes. seems the same at every store, but it, it yeah happens there. So they were going through all these garbage bags worth of boxes trying to find <laughs> uh, my Trypticon, which they actually couldn't find in the end, but luckily they still had one in a pallet out the back. So the uh, staff were actually quite nice and lovely. Um, they took a little bit of time getting that and finding where it was, but were able to get me a Trypticon uh, and 
they were quite nice. They even knocked 50 bucks off the price, which was really oh, cool. good. So I oh. didn't mind all the waiting and uh, the fussing through. And then uh, as I sort of got at home, I had very little time between getting home and recording. And I'd remembered hearing that there were some troubles to look out for with Trypticon's legs. And it turned out uh, I had one of the early batches that had this trouble uh, but it isn't as easy a fix as you sort of hear on first glance, which is uh, it's actually the springs in his leg are too springy. And you've basically got to open up his thighs, take the springs out. And uh, some people cut them if you want to do it quickly. But the uh, better method from most people online, which takes a bit more time, is taking the springs out and just spending about 20 minutes uh, squeezing them in your hands so that they... Right. Uh, aren't as uh, strong or uh, have as much force behind them and sort of wear them down a bit. So uh, that's the stage I'm kind of in now is squeezing these springs between <laughs> hands. And because of that, it meant that I am unable to assemble him and have him for the toy the week that I was going to do. So I had to go something different. But if you hear any spring noises or that sound that Lenny makes when he gets the spring stuck in his eye on the <laughs> Simpsons, you'll know why. Hilarious. Uh, Awesome. Uh, the things you do for your toys. Yeah. It's been a lot of that sweet freezing and popping and all that around my house. I've been on a big figure fixing kick. Uh, but speaking of toys, if uh, no one else has anything new, how about we go in and get into some toys of the week? Hey, let's do it. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about a favorite or bizarre item in our collection. So, Ben, you have the first of our four Toy of the Weeks, so over to you. Well, thank you kindly, sir. A uh, bit of a uh, huge step sideways for me in collecting uh, statues. I normally stick to the Sideshow Collectibles one-quarter scale stuff, but I have been a little bit of an admirer of what uh, a company called XM Studios has been doing. They are based in Singapore, uh, and for whatever reason, part of the, uh, I guess, rights to do Marvel and DC characters and a few other licenses seems to be that they uh, are not allowed to distribute uh, in the West. So if you live in Australia or uh, I think the UK and the uh, US, Canada type of thing, um, you can't, uh, they don't distribute to, to those countries. So you have to find other means uh, to get them. So uh, up until now, uh, I have just been an admirer. Uh, I've been very tempted on occasion. Unfortunately, getting hold of an XM studio statue is not that easy. Often you need to go through uh, someone who's actually in Singapore. So uh, a few people have set themselves up as like a type of broker um, and they uh, can sort of you know handle uh, the deal for you. Um, so I was a little bit uh, apprehensive of sending my money to a stranger, but I got a recommendation from uh, someone on one of the Facebook statue groups. Uh, guy turned out to be absolutely fantastic and, and above board and all that sort of thing. So the uh, the character that pushed me over the line was uh, Beta Ray Bill. And uh, if you don't know anything about him, uh, he exploded uh, into the world of comics in Thor 337, which is the first issue 
by Walt Simonson doing the uh, both the writing and the art chores. Uh, it's a fantastic story uh, about an alien that Thor comes across. They fight. Thor loses his hammer, and uh, basically uh, Bill ends up picking it up and. Well, if you're worthy, you possess the power of Thor, which he does. Um, Bill turns out to be quite the uh, the honourable kind of chap, and uh, yeah, anyway, through uh, quite a few issues, um, Odin ends up bestowing upon him his own hammer, and with it, the uh, the power that comes with it. So he's kind of the equal of Thor, and uh, yeah, he's been around for quite a long time now. And I really dig this character. I'm a huge fan uh, of Bill have been for a long time and when I heard that he was getting the one quarter scale treatment um, I started to get kind of an itchy wallet uh, and decided to uh, to take to take the plunge um, and you know it wasn't actually that bad I think probably from the time I put down a deposit to the time I got him was about five months I think which compared to Sideshow is uh, extraordinary um, however XM have a long lead time like you know these guys um, you know, you see, uh, you know, in uh, production, like work in, in progress shots of statues long before they're sort of solicited. So anyway, 2017 acquisition, it is a quarter scale statue. And uh, this fellow is big. Uh, he's a big dude. And my Marvel Universe handbook knowledge failed me completely when I realized I had no idea how tall Beta Ray Bill is. Um, what? So, uh, yes, I know. It occurred I'm- to me that I don't think I've I don't think I've ever known, to be honest. I'm completely disillusioned with life. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it's not that I've forgotten it. I just don't think I ever knew. I just kind of assumed that he was the same size as Thor, but he's not. He's actually seven foot one. Uh, so huh. he's a, a, a big fellow, uh, being a Corbinite, and uh, as such, in quarter scale, he is uh, big. So he's uh, 26 inches or 66 centimetres high. Uh, but he's also at his widest. Uh, he's about the same, so only about thirteen inches deep, which is a bit of a relief. Some of those other dimensions. Um, he, uh, calculation price-wise, he actually works out to be probably the same as one of the more expensive sideshow statues. So um, about six hundred US. But what um, what actually killed me in the end was the postage from Singapore. Um, yeah, if you think postage from other countries is expensive, then wait till you get something shipped from Singapore. So, um, obviously wow. everyone there wears Armani suits and, um, yeah, yeah, so shipping ended up being about 230 Australian. So, yeah. But that's <gasps> also, that's also how much Bain cost from Sideshow. So I'm going to have to seriously reconsider getting, uh, exclusive editions of Sideshow statues. Because wow. uh, if that's the kind of um, price brackets we're starting to look at, so so reasonably comparable to one of the sort of more expensive sideshow statues, um, but it was pretty obvious when he arrived because my god, this box was heavy. Boy, this is a, a beast of a box. Um, certainly not the biggest box I've actually received, but heavy. Um, I think it's something like twenty six kilos. So somewhere in the vicinity of nearly 60 pounds, um, really heavy box. Uh, that one almost killed the courier as well. And uh, it was amusing because he put it on the front step when I opened the door and he said, are you right with it? And I said, yeah, I'm right. And, of course, uh, I just went to, you know, nonchalant, lift it up and carry it and sort of went, oh, hang on, that's a lot heavier than I uh, anticipated. So, yes, it's a, it's a big, heavy box. Um, what's actually really cool, uh, this was a, a real pleasure to, to open it really 
It really was. Um, Scotty, you know how, you know, when we tend to do sideshow stuff, when we get that box, um, we tend to have it sort of the long side vertical. That's how most sideshow boxes seem to go. Um, you tend to open that flap and then, you know, if you're like me, you almost tip the box upside down and let gravity take its uh, its course. Um, this is actually the opposite. It tends to lay flat. So you've got the, um, it's almost like when you buy a, you know, like a DVD or a Blu-ray player and you, you open it from the, uh, the long side. So it lays flat. And uh, as soon as I opened it, I was presented with a very, very nice slipcover box. So you have the usual sheet of cardboard and the art print was there. But um, much the way you would buy, you know, like an iPhone or um, an iPad and you've got that, that, that slipcase over the top, there's a very heavy cardboard slipcase um, cover. So you sort of dig your fingers in the side and just lift that up. And it's a really heavy-duty quality cardboard too. It's almost got like the, um, the cotton woven in. Uh, is one thing I noticed. Very, uh, very boring. I mean, it's black with some silver writing and some um, reinforced corners, but really not much more than that. So anyway, get that cover off, comes open pretty easily. Um, and then uh, this was a, an unusual thing, uh, and that is that the inner foam pieces, uh, the foam trays, they're actually held closed with Velcro straps. Oh. So um, they have the sticky tape, just yeah, just like the sideshow ones do, but you actually have these Velcro straps that really hold it in place, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, so I undid those, and uh, I was actually surprised that it's not just – it's a three-piece tray, but it actually has a really thin one on top. So you lift about a, an inch uh, lid off the top, and then you're presented with that first tray, and then there's a second tray underneath. Um, but oh, the one that I really, really – the bit I need to really talk about, which blew me away, is you get an assemblage handbook. Hooray! Uh, a book that actually tells you how to do stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, you, you know, Scotty, we've had those times where we've had to pack a statue away and you just uh, you, you have that momentary panic where you just go, I have absolutely no idea how this fits in the box. Like, it's, it's a Chinese puzzle. Yeah, um, we go, I hope someone's posted an unboxing video on YouTube. Um, <laughs> that is exactly <clears throat> right. Yep, yep. <laughs> that, and that's that's exactly what it is. It's um, it, it really is um, quite amazing. It's this very heavy cardstock. Like it's not even thin paper. It's heavy cardstock, and it's about a sixteen-page booklet that um, you know it welcomes you to the world of XM Studios. And the very first page, once you sort of get past the opening credits, etc., uh, is actually a photo of the two trays and all the pieces, and they're all numbered. So it actually shows you all the bits in there, where they go. They're all individually numbered, et cetera. Uh, and then the pages beyond that actually say, depending on how you actually want to assemble a statue, if you want to go with version one or version two, these are the pieces you need and this is the order you need to assemble it. And then you get these kind of instructions of, you know, put you know uh, piece X here and that sort of thing. But when you get to the end of the booklet, I was actually quite impressed as well. Not only is there uh, a whole page about caring for your statues and, and how to clean them and that sort of thing, it actually talks about the XM repair um, a service that they offer if you have a damaged statue. But what's cool is you can actually register your statue. Uh, I found out too late because it's on the bottom of the base and, of course, I had this well and truly assembled before I realised it, once again proving that you should read the instructions first. Um, but there's actually a unique 16-digit number on the base, which is very much like a credit card. So it's four sequences of four. You go to the XM Studios, you register, then it says, what statue do you want to register? And you say, Beta Ray Bill, type in your 16-digit number, and it says, congratulations. Then, if anything ever happens, and 
it's stolen, you can actually report it as stolen. But what you can also do is if you ever choose to sell it, you can actually provide a uh, prospective buyer with the first four digits and the last four digits. They can go to the XM site, type those numbers in, it actually pops up a message to say that this is actually registered to, you know, to Ben, and you don't have to actually give them the whole number. But then once you you sell it, you can actually transfer it um, over to them. So some really kind of interesting stuff that I hadn't really considered. And it is, it is. And, and look, I'm not kidding myself. I know that 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 really fancy packaging, this booklet, and everything is factored into the price, and you know, and I am paying for it. But it's just a really sense of an overwhelming sense of awesomeness like it's just this really cool extra stuff that you know i just think makes a, a really big difference paying for it or otherwise so anyway um you uh, have a quick look at bill and make a bit of a decision you do get multiple parts uh, i've never seen a statue with so many pieces there are 15 pieces to this statue um, one of the first is obviously the base, so you take that uh, big sucker out. Now, the base is pretty cool. Uh, I haven't quite worked out what the base is. Um, it's essentially the the face of either uh, some kind of a stone giant or some kind of uh, statue that has been demolished, and so it's laying flat. So Bill is basically standing on this face. Um, really, really nicely done. Very impressive. It's... Um, got some really nice touches like the eyes actually have cracks in them there's actually cracks in the the stone i guess showing that, that it's been sort of beaten uh, even some of the teeth are actually broken off and yes i did check to see if that was an actual break or part of the, the sculpt so really really nicely done not over the top at all and surprisingly um heavy so I, i'm assuming it's actually solid but uh, when you actually have a look it doesn't take up uh, a lot so the footprint uh, of the base is actually quite small so you could actually be deceived into thinking that this guy's a space saver but uh, he most definitely is not so uh, very nice work on the base and i think i have been lax in giving credit uh the sculptor is a chap named fausto gutierrez lopez uh, who is not even remotely familiar to me, but um, he has done an awesome job. All right, so next piece out of the box is uh, Bill himself, and uh, the first thing you notice is that he's armless and headless and capeless. So you take that huge body out, and it's it's a big piece, and I, I had him next to my uh, Sideshow Green Lantern just sort of comparing the size, and he sizes up actually very, very well. He does sort of give that impression he's about a foot taller than Hal Jordan. So um, what's quite interesting is it's fairly easily to get fairly easy to get this guy into the base. There's a huge foot peg that actually went in perfect. Um, of course, you know this is me we're talking about, so um, the chances of the foot peg actually fitting are slim. Um, but while you're actually kind of standing there trying to wriggle this foot uh, peg into the hole in the base, you get a sense of just how heavy this statue is because you're just holding this huge chunk uh, of, of porcelain and, you know, trying to fit it in. And if you don't get it in straight away, geez, it starts to get heavy quickly. But anyway, it, uh, it slides in quite well and it's very, very sturdy. When you look at the photos, it kind of looks like he's a little unbalanced, but um, there's a couple of really good uh, foot peg. Actually, I think the right leg is a foot peg and the left leg is actually a magnet, which is uh, a first. Uh, then actually comes the cape. Now, regardless of how you display Bill, the cape um, uh, goes on uh, next and there's a, a rather large peg in his back for the cape, which actually slides in quite well. Really nice fit. Uh, then comes the fun bit. Once you've actually got the body on the base, you've got the cape on, um, you get to choose how you actually want to display this guy. 
Um, now, I guess the easiest way to say it is he comes with two right arms, two left arms, and two heads. Now, um, you actually get uh, the opportunity to have Stormbreaker, his trusty hammer, in either the right hand or the left hand. So there are options to actually do that. And then, um, alternatively, there's a fist for either either arm as well. So the thing about this, though, was that um, the, the options for the right hand has either uh, Bill raising his hammer up behind his head as if he's about to sort of swing that hammer down or having um, his arm sort of outstretched as if he's kind of gesturing and ready for battle. Um, I actually thought the anatomy, the way they've done the muscles in his chest, it kind of lended itself a bit more towards having that arm outstretched. So I decided to choose that over having the uh, the hammer up behind his head. I guess if you're a little quirky, you could even display him with two hammers because you really do have the option of um, having the two Stormbreakers or, of course, just having the two fists and no Stormbreakers. So um, so that was pretty easy for me. Uh, outstretched right hand, um, then the left hand holding uh, Stormbreaker. Uh, now, with the heads, what's actually really cool again is uh, you've got the option of choosing. So both of them fit um, equally well with either pose. So that just sort of adds to that level of display. Uh, one has Bill looking to the left with the mouth closed. The other is looking to the right with his mouth open. Uh, what is interesting is the wings on the helmet are actually separate pieces and they're held in with magnets. Um, depending on which head you choose, there's actually two different sets of the wings just so they stay out of the way um, of that raised up arm uh, all held together with magnets all snap in really easily in fact you've got to be very careful with the head because the magnet almost pulled it out of my hand um, which is sort of nice to know that it's yeah well I mean it's nice to know that it's sturdy but at the same time geez you've got to be careful it doesn't suddenly you know fling out of your hand um, so I got him sort of set up reasonably quickly, um, very impressive, like a lot of presents. It's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to sort of convey just how big some of these pieces are, but um, he's a big, thick kind of guy. All right, so onto the sculpt. Uh, I'm just blown away. I'm really, really quite impressed with how they've managed to execute this. Uh, XM in the past on some of their statues, they, they take a little bit of creative license with some of the costumes, I think Daredevil was the one that I found the hardest to sort of, um, you know, get used to because they, they took that sort of standard suit that Daredevil wears and they added a whole bunch of kind of straps and panels and they just kind of updated it, but enough that it kind of annoyed me because it was a bit too far away from the, the sort of source material. Um, what they've actually done here with Bill is take the classic costume that Walt Simonson created and I think they've actually adapted it really, really well. So all the really obvious stuff is there. The Kirby discs uh, are there like they are on the original costume. Um, he's got those groovy boots and they have taken a little bit of license with the way they've actually done the boots because um, they've actually done them as if they're a greave, so like an armour piece that covers the shin and the knee. So there's some kind of um, really sort of fancy buckles holding those on, which is really, really cool. He's got his trusty wristbands. Now, if you remember the comic, he actually wears what looks like a sweatband on his wrist. Um, they've actually upgraded those to, you know, these kind of braces and they've actually kept the red stripes. So the uh, the buckles that are actually holding them on are actually the red stripes that you get. Um, and everything else is the same. We've got the classic red cape, obviously. They have muted the colours slightly, so they don't have that really vibrant blue that it does back in, in the day of the comic. 
Um, but other than that, everything uh, is there. The costume, you know, you actually have a look at the way they do the um, belt buckle is straight out of the, the Walt Simons look. So for me, it is, it's a, it's a really kind of, um, I guess it's a really nice homage to the original costume, but just slightly updated. Uh, everything, just the sculpt on this is just exquisite, like the way they've done the individual teeth, um, the way they've done inside his mouth, and you can actually see the tongue uh, inside the mouth. There's a lot of detail. It's really hard to tell in these images, but the blue part of his costume that he's actually wearing is actually um, sculpted to look like it's actually uh, a textured material, so it doesn't. It's not just sort of slick. Same goes for the gloves. You can actually see a pattern in there of some kind of material up close. But for me, it's all the, the little touches in the way they've actually done those armor pieces on his um, on his shins, on his thighs. Um, and the pauldrons up on the shoulders, really, really nicely done. Um, even sort of veins in the, the arms, you know, he's a pretty ripped guy, so those muscles are, are bulging. So I really don't have any problems with the sculpt at all. I think it's uh, it's incredibly, um, you know, incredibly well done, really, really nice. Now, uh, in terms of the paint, this is, uh, you know, this is a big one. I've heard some really... Um, you know, a lot of people have raved about XM's paintwork, and I think given that Sideshow's managed to have a, a few uh, issues in the recent past, I was actually quite curious as to how this would uh, measure up against a, a Sideshow piece. And uh, all I can say is it's perfect. It, it really is uh, exquisite. Not only the, the colours that they chose, I said that um, that blue had been muted down, but the, the application of the paint is flawless. Um, I can't find any kind of bleed between colours to the point where I think, you know, I was having a really good look at the way that the white hand, which has a, it has a glove, goes into that bracelet on the wrist. And I actually think the hand must be pre-painted and then glued in um, to the arm. And that way you actually get a really, really flawless um, sort of seal, I guess, where they meet. So everywhere that these colours meet, you know, you, you could possibly expect some, um, you know, some some bleed over, particularly the silver discs on his chest onto the blue costume. But there's nothing. It's it's really, really, um, you know, the accuracy in the application of paints is just gorgeous. So um, nothing nothing to complain about there. In terms of the colour choices, I mentioned obviously the blue, but the, the armour pieces on the thighs and the shins and, and the pauldrons, etc. Um, really sort of convey that metallic look. It's got a, um, a really nice metallic finish that complements the blue quite well. Um, and they haven't actually gone overboard in any kind of highlighting anywhere. They haven't actually needed to sort of paint those high edges or anything. Everything's kind of very natural. So that actually works really well. Um, there's a lot of detail on the face. There is a lot of shading on the skin colour in those deep recesses. Uh, it's hard to tell, but the eyes are actually a different colour. They're kind of like red with some white highlights. Um, and everything, I think, has just been really carefully selected. So inside the mouth, the tongue has a high gloss on it to sort of give it that wet look. The eyes have some gloss in it as well. Even the teeth uh, change colour from the top they're darker and as they get down to the tips of the teeth they actually get um, whiter as they go so real care um, paid there my only real i guess uh, thing that I'm, I'm not quite sold on is is the way they've done the stormbreaker hammer um, in a really beautiful metallic gold but they've they've added some silver highlights particularly on um uh, i guess it's the sickle part not not sort of the flat part of the hammer but the sickle part has 
got like a it's hard to tell it's almost i don't know what they were actually going for i don't know whether it's gold that has kind of worn um i don't know whether they've tried to add an artificial um you know shine to it as if it's reflecting um or or maybe they just wanted to sort of get away from just that solid you know brassy gold kind of appearance um it doesn't actually take anything away but i just think it's a really unusual choice as to why they chose to do that uh the only issue i had with the sculpt was i actually think stormbreaker is probably a little too big um the hammer's never actually been portrayed as being quite that big but look i knew going into that um the purchase that, that that's how it was so it's kind of hard to uh, be critical now um that he's actually here but you know, everything just uh, has come together beautifully uh, with this piece. I, I, I love the choices that you get. Um, in fact, you know, I've actually been swapping the head backwards and forwards just to sort of see how it looks. Uh, <clears throat> and so um, it, it really is uh, quite an amazing piece. I didn't mention the paint on that base, but the the contrasting um, orangey yellow that they've used in the, the scratchy points of the, the statue is really quite beautiful um you know it sounds like i'm gushing uh, and that's because i am um you know i, I really can't fault this piece um in, in any way i mean i knew how much it was going to cost roughly um i i wasn't expecting the shipping to be quite what it was um but everything else uh is is just perfect i think the assemblage book is a really nice touch. The art print is nice and that comes, there's no exclusive uh, the way Sideshow does it. So everybody gets an art print regardless. And that's fine. It's nice enough. Um, you know, it's not Walt Simons or anything like that. But so really, you know, this is probably the easiest 10 out of 10 uh, I've ever given uh, on the show. Nice. Uh, this exceeded my expectations. Um, I'm certainly not jumping into the XM pool completely. Um, you know, and it's not going to suddenly make me um, order everything because I'd go poor. Um, but, uh, yeah, this was a, a welcome addition for me. 10 out of 10. Cool. Very good. Usually uh, when I hear 10s out of 10s, I'm very tempted to buy something. But I think uh, <laughs> the shipping price on this might still be enough to <laughs> keep me away from this 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and I'm, actually, have I'm not starting this. Lowered. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm certainly not. You know, I, I think a lot of XM's um, human portraits um, are really still struggling a bit. I've yeah. seen you know some of the females are really quite lacking, uh, and you know I think this is this is where they really excel in, in doing pieces like this. Mm. So, and uh, they only have an edition size of about six hundred from memory. So mine's a really boring number, like four sixteen or something. <laughs> so. Very impressed. Good Very stuff. cool. Okay, uh, we'll take a quick little break and then we'll be back with our uh, second Toy of the Week. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, 
be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. And now it's time for our second Toy of the Week, and this one is with Adam. So over to you. Thank you very much, Eddie. Uh, so I talk a lot about the SH Figure Arts lines, um, particularly Dragon Ball Z, so it's not too surprising that I have yet another one tonight. This one is one of the few limited edition ones that I have, which is the um, the Sun Goku Kaioken version. Now, this was released uh, this year as part of the 2016-2017 Tamashii Nation's 10th anniversary world tour, or 10th world tour. Um, so it costs a fair packet more, um, but it comes with a couple sexy extras, which we'll talk about. Um, starting off, so Kaioken, um, for those that aren't deeply familiar with Dragon Ball Z, um, is a, a technique that Goku learns while in the afterlife training with King Kai, hence Kaio. Um, and basically it allows him to multiplicatively increase his uh, power and speed. Unfortunately, it takes a huge toll on his body, so he can't hold it for long, at least in the beginning, Um, and he can only kind of go a couple of of levels up in terms of power. Um, So for this figure, uh, they have done kind of some, some interesting options. The first is, this is a reuse of a buck, so this is the base Goku that was released a year or two ago, I want to say. We can always check back on that one and and see what the world tells us. Um, And as we do that, we can keep talking. So, it was released a few years ago, back in uh, 2014, the original. Um, It had a secondary release as a... I think that was an SDCC, yep, 2015, um, which was Goku, essentially it was the exact same figure, it was I think a little bit more orange or a little bit more glossy orange in terms of the orange on him, uh, he had the uh, Goku, or well, Sun Goku school sigil on his the front of his gi and the back of his gi, which were not present on the original, um, it was a little bit more of a, a red orange than a straight orange. Uh, and I think that was the main difference. I don't think he had any other real changes on him. So that was when I passed on. I kind of went, I'm not paying SDCC prices for that smaller change. Uh, so this one, because it's Kaioken, when Goku uses Kaioken, he has a red aura, which envelops his entire body the entire time he's using it. So he takes on a red kind of color to his, um, his gi and his skin, um, in the show, his hair, looks a bit more reddish than than just straight black. And I haven't done that here, but I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, it's not the biggest concern I would have with Kaioken, the way it's been represented. Um, so, yep, for the figure, everything is kind of shades of pink and red, which, um, depending on how you pose this, I mean, if you pose this um, against a black background or, or you just take a photo and then put it on a black background, as has happened uh, on some of the the box art for this. It looks very Alex Ross, um, Kingdom Come kind of kind of style yeah. there. Hmm. Yeah, it does a bit. Um, which is kind of cool for people that are into Alex Ross and, you know, may want to line him up with some Alex Ross-inspired figures. Um, he has the Turtle School um, sigil on the front and the Kyo School sigil on the back. So um, 
this therefore places him quite squarely at uh, the the Saiyan saga before fighting um, Vegeta and Nappa, or during the fight against Freezer um, in the Namek saga, because he has the same uh, sigils on there. Um, and as he uses Kaioken in both cases, you could claim it's from either one. He's got a different obi, so a different sash for his gi compared to the original, um, which is not massively inspiring, but this one is, um, it actually ties like, it's like a tied belt rather than just a straight uh, obi that just goes the whole way, it wraps around the waist, which is what the original figure had. Um, and this is in fact the same belt that they put in the 2015 SDCC option. So it's really heavily using the SDCC version rather than the original. Um, other changes, so if you look at his boots, uh, where there were previously the yellow lines and yellow soles, these are now red lines and red soles. And the colour of the, the um, string that ties his boots is a slightly different colour as well, where before it was kind of the, um, the light brown kind of string, it's now a dark brown string. So that kind of fits with the correct colouring as well. Um, I guess the other thing is the blue that he has is now more like a, a dark, dark navy in most places. Um, and across the front of his shirt, across his chest, that's actually kind of got a lot of white uh, highlighty colours on it, so it stands out quite well. So I think that's all quite good, and that's that's fantastic as far as the figure goes. I've talked about the hair. Um, Typically, when Goku uses Kaioken, his hair does fluff up a bit, and it looks a bit more like Super Saiyan hair. Um, he, there are times when he has his hair in his standard pose, and he's using Kaioken, standard, sorry, standard Goku hair, and uh, is Kaioken, um, so it's not a big deal. And as I look at it, the hair is actually not jet black anyway. It's kind of a, a really dark purpley slash navy kind of color. So that's actually really cool too. Um, so yeah, it's it's the same figure if you've already got the old one. Um, they haven't adjusted the crotch to use the new um, articulated crotch. It still has the double jointed elbow with no um, elbow rotation, but it does have the bicep or the the shoulder slash bicep cut that swivels on a ball joint. Um, it still has ball jointed wrists. That are double jointed and not um, what they've gone to on some figures where it's just a, a, a hand on a peg and it does have the double ball jointed um, shoulder with the sleeve of the gi that rotates on top of that. The neck is double jointed um, so it's got the, the slight bit of rotation at the bottom of the neck as well as the ball joint at the top. The waist is on a ball joint so it's got rotation and you can Rock him forwards and backwards a bit. The hips are a ball joint, so that's nothing new. The knees are a double jointed knee, but with no ro sideways rotation, so it's just a straight joint. There's no rotation at the top of the boot, uh, and a ball joint, I think, at the bottom of the boot, and an articulated toe so that you can um, bend his, the, the toe on the boots as required. So. For those that have the original, again, there's nothing new in terms of articulation there. In terms of um, the swap-outs, so there are three portraits. The default fixed one is kind of a, a cross-slash-stern-looking face. Um, his mouth is not open. There's another one where he's shouting, 
Um, and there's another one where he's cross-slash stern and has his teeth bared. Um, so that would line up with, I'm just trying to think, in the show, that probably lines up with when he's firing off a, a, um, a Kaioken Kamehameha, which makes sense because there is also a Kamehameha um, effect part. So that came with the original. In the original, it was a white ball uh, effect part with clear and blue. Um, they're kind of like shards of light coming out of it um, that you fit in. And this time it's a white ball with red and translucent shards coming out of it. So uh, I'm just trying to think if that's really accurate. I guess it kind of is. Um, I think that when he actually lets it off, it's still blue in the show, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. It's what comes to mind for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Sorry. I should remember because I have only re- started rewatching it recently, so a month or two back. Um, but I'm pretty sure it still comes. The Kamehameha still comes out blue and doesn't change color to red. Um, but you know, it's kind of cool that they did the running change anyway. Um, in terms of hands, he starts off with punchy hands. He has a swap out, um, two fingers extended. So the Goku salute slash um, instant transmission type hand. He has um, two grappling hands, so Kamehameha hands, uh, two fingers splayed, so kind of um, key to last flash hands, two um, all four fingers extended with thumb tucked in hands, so uh, that's kind of another key blasting hand. And he has two where he's got the um, the index and middle finger, finger extended and crooked along with the thumb and the other two fingers closed into the palms, which is, I think, the um, the stance he uses um, when he starts fighting against Vegeta. So those all fit quite well. Um, I guess the other thing with this is, and you really notice it a lot when you just see the portraits um, and the hands in the tray, he does actually look, because of the Kaioken colouring, quite sunburnt. Um, like, it's a very pinky-red kind of colour, like he has just been out in the sun far too long. Um, for those that haven't seen the original or dealt with many of the, the figure arts in terms of how you change their heads, um, some of them did have a, a full head swap. These ones, it's a case of you take Goku's bangs off and then you remove... <laughs> yep. Then you remove his face. His face literally... <laughs> yeah, his face literally comes off. Um, <laughs> and then that leaves you with a set of Astro Boy looking hair atop his neck. <laughs> um, you can put a different face in and then replace his bangs over the top. And uh, mm. that's how easy it is. So after that, I mean, the other thing is the head may come off from the neck while you're doing this and don't get alarmed. It's just perfectly natural behavior. Um, that's fine. The other pack-in that comes with this is the um, effect aura part. Now, we have had a yellow version released and a blue version released uh, in the past. I don't believe they've released a red version individually, but they have packed a red version in um, for this this set. So you have a red effect part that goes with Goku, so that represents his, uh, his red Kaioken aura. Um, so that's kind of cool as well. Uh, I guess the other thing that goes that, that needs to be said is some of these effect parts... They look really good basically from one angle, and that is front on. Um, from a side, they look average, and from the rear, 
uh, where you can see there's a big lot of translucent plastic. They look actually look quite rubbish. Um, but the, the purpose is really to pose them from the front, so that's fine. And that is the uh, the big backing piece and the two side pieces that are basically um, sharp, jagged fins that can just sit on the ground uh, that wrap around the feet. So that's quite cool that they pack that in. Uh, you kind of want something like that for the price. Um, this guy isn't cheap. He goes for about 206 Australian. Um, he is an exclusive, so you're going to have a hard time getting hold of him. Uh, you might find that somewhere like Big Bad Toy Store has him. You might find Hobby Link Japan have him. I don't think they did. Uh, Nippon Yasan definitely have him. That's how I got hold of mine. Um, I guess the only other thing that we haven't really talked about is the packaging. So the box itself um, is a standard figure arts box um, in terms of a, a Dragon Ball Z one in that it's the uh, windowed box. It's got silver actual silver box with a top and front window it's got uh, a dot matrix or dot um, art stenciled on the front of the figure the back has some posing options um, of what you could do with this figure uh, inside that there is a top tray um, with cover all the trays have covers um, as the goku figure the hands the faces and the kamehameha there's another tray underneath that for the effect aura part over the top of this whole box is a sheath, which is new, so it's like a slip cover, um, but it's really only because this is an exclusive, and that has some uh, logos for the Tamashii Nation's 10th World Tour, has some more um, figure images, and they're all against black and well-lit, so they do look very Alex Ross-like. Um, and because this is an exclusive, it also comes in a lovely brown shipper box as well. So you, you can be <laughs> perfectly sure that your figure is not going to be damaged when it arrives. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, yeah, this is actually a, a really nice figure. Um, I think it is somewhat of a completionist figure. I don't know that there are a whole heap of people that are going to go around going, I must have a Kaioken Goku. Um it's not like it's the most recognisable version of him, um, and particularly at the price point, I don't think that there's going to be too many people running around buying him. Um, mm. first, yeah. So, I mean, I'm quite happy to pay that price because I am being completionist with this line. I think the only... I've missed the SDCC 2015 version, and I've missed a couple of the colour swap versions for Piccolo slash Gohan, um, and I've missed... Uh, the original first appearance, Vegeta, that was or anime appearance, which was the horrible um, orange and green colours that um, those studios used before they realised, or before Toriyama had actually coloured him in manga. Um, so I think this is actually quite a good figure. I think the price point is a bit rich. Um, I think overall I'd probably give this... As a result of the price point, it's probably down to about a 7. Otherwise, I think if this was back at a more reasonable, more usual figure arts price point, this would probably be it'd probably be a 9.5, I think. Hmm, cool. Hmm. Yeah, these figures are the very definition of um, you really need to sit down at your dining room table and open it very carefully because one flex of that plastic tray and you've suddenly got an assortment of hands flying in every direction. Yeah, it really, and it really is one of those weird things because they had, 
um, with some of the early Sailor Moon figures, like this little totem pole that all the hands plugged into. Yes, yes. I actually, uh, yeah, I think I'm, my my Cusker, my Berserk Cusker figure actually has one of those little holders. But, I mean, these just kind of sit in the, those little kind of indentations. There's no, they don't kind of have those those little sort of teeth that hold them in place. They, they just sit in the tray. So, yeah, you've really got to be careful. Yeah. But uh, I actually quite like this. This is a nice looking figure. It really is. I think the other thing I found kind of interesting with this was um, when you open it up and you open the figure up, you think that something's happened and it somehow had damage to the the top cover for the hair because it's got kind of, mm, you know, mm. a consistent bubble and then a big dent across um, where Goku's kind of hair spikes up at the on the um, on his right. But it's actually designed that way to hold the, help hold the figure in place because otherwise yeah. his head would just wobble around and stuff. Mm. So, yeah. I'm also just happy to see him tapping into this era of Dragon Ball like a lot of it tends to be from the later stuff so getting something from that sort of very early era of Dragon Ball Z is nice with Nappa and now this yeah and I mean hmm. we've got um, Tenshin Han and Yamcha coming as well so they're definitely going yep. back and, and covering Kid Goku Kid Goku woo yes He's coming mm. very, oh, nice. very nice <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if you don't have anything else to add, we'll uh, jump out for a bit and be back for our third Toy of the Week. An incredible secret is revealed. When innocent-looking vehicles and ordinary men become an awesome fighting team, it's the secret of Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Piranha's getting away with the laser blueprints. Condors. Ready for takeoff. Mask vehicles and place that each sold separately with action figures. I'll let them off the river. <laughs> But Gator's ready, and he never gives up. Surprise, you're through. Mask, where illusion is the ultimate weapon. Wow! Well, never one to be left out. Our host for this evening, Eddie, has a toy of the week as well, and he's skipping right over the uh, regular release figures and straight to the collect and connect figure. Take it away. Yeah, so uh, this is probably a bit of a weird one for us to do as a toy of the week, which is a builder figure. Um, usually when we're covering builder figures, it's because we're doing line breakdowns. But uh, uh, this guy's came up for a couple of different reasons. One, I think I'm the only one getting the full waves of the <laughs> DC multiverse. Uh, and two, I really like this guy. I got him in this week and he was actually had a couple of surprises uh, in store for me. And being as I couldn't talk about Trypticon, uh, I needed something very quickly, <laughs> and he was already here on the desk, and I've enjoyed talking about this guy to other people. So why not share that love on the podcast? Uh, for those wondering, the uh, toy that I am talking about is the Batmech Rookie. Uh, now, some people may not be too familiar with the Batmech Rookie. Uh, he was around recently, but uh, has faded into obscurity fairly quickly. Basically, he's from the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run of Batman, uh, where Batman had, uh, quote, unquote, disappeared. And a company named Jerry Powers, which is a nice uh, nod to the Batman Beyond continuity, uh, Powers International were basically setting up their own Batman in replacement, uh, working with the Gotham Police Force and Jim Gordon, who in the new 52 continuity is 
bit younger than he's normally portrayed. He's probably <laughs> in his late 40s, early 50s, and ex-Marine. So uh, he was able to step up and take the Bat Mantle, which was a little bit controversial, but uh, I think actually played out all right in the fact that the story kind of is about the fact that no one can really step up and be uh, the Batman like Bruce is. So uh, part of the story is that it doesn't really work out too well for him. Uh, but they were trying to do everything uh, they could. So uh, he was set up with the best possible gear. And one of those pieces was this mech suit, which was actually uh, kind of there is a bit of a tease for the fans. So uh, it's, this suit got revealed as at Free Comic Book Day, I believe. It was included in the Divergence uh, one-shot that was released. And <laughs> it was kind of designed so that if this suit design got out there, people wouldn't really know that it was Batman uh, mm-hmm. or that Batman was being replaced on it. It was kind of known as the bunny suit. And I believe it did kind of leak a little bit earlier than Free Comic Book Day uh, might have suggested. And there was an uproar. People really hated this suit design for Batman. And it was a bit of a tease because what you actually found out when you got the actual first legitimate issue of Batman is that this is just a mech suit and there is an actual Batman suit being worn underneath it that. uh uh, Jim would sort of step out of this mech suit and then enter into a regular building or uh, whatnot that is uh, far more more in line with the classic Batman. It's kind of the Batman suits, uh, but in all black and just with no cape. Uh, and this was kind of, in a way, his version of the Batmobile. And we have actually gotten the Jim Gordon uh, Batman figure in a previous wave with the King Shark. And then this one, we're sort of getting uh, the full back mech suit. Uh, so I've probably gone into uh, a bit of a long spiel about uh, what the suit is, uh, but I am I'm doing that for a reason. This is all going to come back uh, to the figure. Uh, so here's the builder figure as part of the latest uh, DC multiverse. I believe it's wave six. Uh, so in terms of packaging, like he's split up, he's in each box. So you could argue his cost is free because if you're getting those <laughs> other ones, uh, you're going to get this figure. Or he might be quite expensive because you've got to buy the pieces or track down the individual figures. And this does seem like it's a bit of a harder wave to track down, particularly the uh, Duke figure seems to be the hardest one. Uh, to get he's only one per case whereas a lot of the other figures in there are two per case uh, and I think the Reaper's the other one that's only one per case and he seems mm. to be another one that uh, people uh, do want so it's a bit of a shame that sort of the two most popular figures seem to be the ones that are rarest and hardest to come by yeah, I think and this is a, a future topic of discussion where like you know the most sought after figure is always the short packed one <laughs> yeah uh, and the problem is when you do have uh, uneven releases is that you're going to have an uneven amount of builder figure parts to uh, mm. buy to make uh, the Batmech. So it, it does 
uh, kind of make those harder to come by figures or even wanted figures even harder to come by because you're not only competing with people who are fans of the character, but also those that just want the pieces that come in there to build uh, the builder figure. And this guy is a, a actually a really good builder figure. So he is uh, very well sculpted. Uh, he does look like he's stepped straight off the Kapulu page that's 100% brand new sculpts. They've actually got uh, one of the cool things about the design of this uh, mech suit, I thought, is that rather than go bulky, uh, Capullo actually went with a very lanky design, and that does come across in the sculpt. Uh, but there is very nice mechanical details on uh, sort of more exposed parts like his upper arms and his abs section. Uh, the helmet is really nice and smooth and definitely has those big pointy rabbit ear antennae that come off the top. Uh, now, they are a bit of a softer plastic, so they do uh, have a bit of movement as you're poking. You're not going to stab yourself in the hand or anything like that. He's got these big mounted shoulder cannons uh, that actually clip in uh, quite well and uh, work fairly good. Probably my only complaint about the sculpting is that he does have swivel wrists, uh, but they are blocked by the gauntlets on his hand, so you really don't get much movement out of them uh, at all, which is a bit of a shame. But apart from that, the sculpting is actually uh, very spectacular and is probably my favourite uh, part of the figure, in particular that he had a bit of secret sculpting. Uh, so I hadn't seen too many people who'd got this figure and put it together once I'd got him in hands uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, and... I was a bit like, oh, I wonder if because it's a builder figure, where they will be able to put the Batman head on this figure the way he is when he sort of takes ah, his helmet off in the comic. Yeah. And to my delight, not only is it the same ball joint, uh, but there was actually a bit of a design of the Batman chest here on the figure itself. So it's like, okay, they actually have plan this out that's how it is meant to go now the one problem was i'd already built the figure up completely and because he's got basically just a round smooth head uh mm. getting the, the bat mech uh, head off was actually proving to be quite difficult just to get a good <laughs> grip uh on it and what i've sort of found when i was struggling with this is that his whole chest plate actually removes and you can see the whole upper torso of batman uh, in there so uh it is this uh so i have put pictures on the action figure blues uh facebook page if you do want to check it out but there is this really nice sculpting design uh in there that looks like he's sort of half coming out of the suits uh might be speaking to someone or uh doing his bits and bob which is uh really fantastic it just adds a whole another layer to this character quite literally and um it even made me they did their job because it made me go out today and uh Meyer in the city were having a uh sort of 40 percent off their dc stuff so i picked up a second jim gordon batman figure that they had <laughs> sitting there uh so <laughs> that uh one in my head it's a good excuse that i can display Absolutely. the figure with both heads on the shelf then I also have an extra set of heads uh, that I can use for this Batman figure. So uh, the Jim Gordon Batman came with both a Batman and a Jim Gordon uh, head. And now I can use uh, all of those on this Batman as well and have 
uh, different sets. I know I could just keep swapping these heads over, but uh, I'm not going to do that. That's the, it's just, just meant to be. <laughs> the weird way, yeah, uh, through that. Now, PaintWise is actually uh, fairly well detailed for a Mattel DC Universe figure. Uh, he's got sort of these police white... Uh, uh, lining decos uh, throughout him, sort of like your sergeant stripes and those sort of thing. Yes, GCPD printed on him. Uh, one thing that I didn't even notice from the Capullo design, but I've sort of picked up here looking at the figure, is he has these sort of light circles and light stripes on his back, and they're actually sort of the red and blue of a siren, uh, which is kind of a nice police touch and uh, origin of the character. Uh, but even just sort of silver bolts and things like that are painted in. He's got this nice sort of uh, almost cross between silver and gun metal uh, painted across on the metal parts of his uh, like barreled gun on his shoulders, his ears, uh, the inner pieces of the chest, just to give it that sort of more metallic robot uh, look. And even the blue on him, it doesn't really come across in photos, but it's that kind of sparkly speedboat paint with the little glitter uh, inside. And then he's got very nice uh, matte blacks on him for the black parts of the robot, but a shiny black for sort of the visor part uh, of the head, which is uh, very good and really does help bring the character to life. Uh, now, articulation is where, as I sort of mentioned, he does falter a bit. So those wrists uh, in the arms, uh, in the uh, sorry, the swivel wrists aren't too great. Uh, but the other problem is this is something across the board with the new DC multiverse uh, figures, and that's that they've been trying to do these hidden joints. So uh, basically all their joints now are just swivel joints of a um, peg and a uh, sort of a peg that goes into, uh, say, the interior of the bicep, and then it just swivels on the lower forearm and it means that they don't need to do any pegs uh, across the arm so you don't get that sort of hole with a piece of circle plastic in it like you might see on a marvel legends or uh, the dc classic figures uh, in the say elbows or knee points or that uh, but it does mean that they have a much more limited amount of articulation and there is sort of an awkwardness to the movement as you bend it it doesn't quite look as natural uh, so that is a bit of a shame and uh, it's not just a problem with this batmec figure it's something that they uh, kind of have across the line of these dc figures at the moment which is that weird sort of argument of do you want to see less articulation in the sculpt of your figure or uh, do you want to see that kind of better articulation? And it could just be that I'm more used to the old style DC classic articulation, uh, that something's throwing me off there in that manner, but it is a uh, big issue, I think, across the wave uh, at the moment. Uh, in terms of accessories... It's basically you've got the chest piece and uh, he does come with his Batarang launcher gun. Uh, now, the unfortunate thing about this as well is there's nowhere that you can sort of clip it on uh, when he's not using it. The uh, Batman Jim Gordon figure actually had a holster for his smaller version of the gun. Uh, but this robot's mm. bigger version, his only option is to carry it around. Uh, with him, which is a bit disappointing considering how much uh, effort's gone into all the other parts uh, of this guy. So in terms of a dolly rating, I think I got to give him an 
8 out of 10. I think the articulation does, unfortunately, bring him down. And, of course, the fact that you will have to pick up a lot of figures to finishing him finish him off and they might not necessarily be characters that you want to grab uh, but if you do have the means or opportunity to pick this guy up and you were a fan of that Snyder run uh, or are a Batman fan and just looking for something very different uh, I do highly recommend it he is a very worthwhile builder figure oh yeah very nice very nice. Look, I actually think this is a great figure, and you know, you pretty much nailed it for me uh, right at the end there, where you said that it's uh, it's unfortunate that people might have to pick up figures that they don't want. Um, and this is me. Uh, you know, I want King Shark. Uh, you know, I want the rookie, etc. But uh, I'm really just not thrilled with the way Multiverse is bringing in some of the TV um, type characters. It's just not something that appeals to me. Uh, and so mixing and matching in a in a wave is is not sort of helping their cause in terms of, um, you know, getting my money. So um, yeah, I'll be mm. keeping an eye out for a hopefully a loose one on eBay. Yeah, so. hopefully they do uh, turn up and aren't too bad. But uh, I actually to get this guy, um, I forgot to mention I did a bit of a weird thing where this wave has been very hard to track down, and I was kind of like, oh, I'll get it when it goes up on. Uh, big bad toy store but i sort of procrastinated and it went up one day and basically sold out that day uh, yeah. and that was also seemed to be the day that everyone on ebay's price seemed to jump up by about 50 dollars yeah uh, wave which made it uh, very expensive uh then to get here in australia because a lot of retail doesn't really carry these guys and if they yeah. do it's um sporadic uh it usually tends to be more the movie waves so uh i ended up doing a trick i've done a couple of times when i get desperate which is find sellers on ebay uh that uh, have the best price but also uh do their processing or aka their shipping uh through amazon themselves sorry i oh, sorry oh, I said right. yep. before but i meant to say amazon uh so find the sellers that uh are cheap shipping but will uh, have Amazon actually ship it out for it. It takes a little bit longer because they basically send their stuff to Amazon and Amazon post it internationally altogether. Uh, and they gave me the estimated shipping date of about halfway through August on these, uh, halfway through October on all these guys. And I got home basically last night and they were sitting there two weeks ahead of schedule. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but uh, uh, I was uh, very happy with that. But uh, yeah, if you're in Australia, you might want to start looking at alternative ways to grab these yeah. guys. Cause I could be wrong. I might've just called it for everyone, but I have a fear <laughs> that a lot of retailers are going to be stockling heavily on the justice league wave. If they're getting anything. And it seems to be that King shark wave is peg warming mm. a lot of spots. So uh, I don't know how many brick and mortars are going to be ordering in uh, this one. So I'd probably suggest uh, once again, it's all, hearsay and could be completely wrong and these could end up in toy worlds for five dollars in yeah. <laughs> but, so now we'll uh, have to wait to see if you've arnie cavalloed it so. yeah <laughs> um so but i i'd probably be recommending yeah if there's any you want from this wave you might be better to try and track them now than trying to find them later but we'll yeah. we'll see very good all right well thanks mate that's um, right. we're gonna take a Break, and we're going to come back with our fourth and final Toy of the Week. 
If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. And now it's time for our last toy of the week, and that belongs to Scotty. So over to you. Thank you very much. Uh, longtime listeners will know that I am a very big fan of the Bishojo statue line from Kotobukiya. I have been collecting both the Marvel and DC versions of that uh, off and on. I had a bit of a break when they changed scale and offended my OCD, mm-hmm. um, but then got back on board and have been really um, enjoying uh, the line. Great fun. And the latest release in the Marvel line is Squirrel Girl. Um, Squirrel Girl's, I think, you know, such an interesting character because she started off as a, you know, a joke, um, a joke character, uh, you know, part of the, the Great Lakes Avengers. Um, and, but then it's kind of taken on a, a life of her own and become a legit, um, hero and obviously a very popular character among certain, uh, elements of pop culture. So a very appropriate addition to this line. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, these, um, are PVC. They're, they're made of PVC. They are, um, statues, but they are, uh, you know, a little bit more flexible slash less breakable and lighter than your, you know, cold cast ones. And they are in what they call one seventh scale. Um, so, for someone like Squirrel Girl, who is kneeling, and I'll get to all that in a moment, she's kind of just under six inches tall, but these can kind of go up to, you know, 12, 13 if they're standing or flying, etc. And they are all, um, all of the Bishojo, Marvel Bishojo pieces at least, have been based on uh, designs by Shunya Yamashita. Um, and we don't get sculpting credits, um, for these. So not sure, um, you know, who does that work. Packaging wise, these come in a uh, window box with what I call the reverse, good old reverse clamshell, um, with a, uh, so you get a kind of good look at the, um, piece before you open it up. And then you've got the illustration that the, sculpt is based on and then inside of course we've got the pieces and these come with a a a base of some description um that's often character themed they went through a little bit of a patch of kind of doing just generic black discs but then they've gone back to kind of character themed bases and there's three pieces to this particular uh, statue. There is the base, which has like an autumn leaves sort of theme to it. There is Squirrel Girl herself, who is kneeling and is attached to the base by, um, little peg holes in her knees, owie. Um, and <laughs> then she has a third piece, which is 
her little squirrel, uh, Chippy Cho. And so she's holding Chippy Cho in her hands, and we'll talk more about that later. Chippy Cho rests on a, um, a peg or a massive wart um, on uh, her right wrist. And if it is a wart, she really should see a doctor about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, just saying, right? Um, so, sculpt-wise, I mean, these are – one of the things that I really like about the Bishojo pieces is that while they are done in the Bishojo style and they've got that kind of cutesy element you know, to, to them – their features aren't exaggerated. They're not, you know, they don't make the non-busty characters overly busty or, um, you know, like they're pretty kind of comic accurate, but just stylized. And that's what I really like about these, as opposed to something like the, you know, back in the day, DC Direct did the MA Kami series, which I, I like some of those pieces, but a lot of them were just kind of too wackadoodle for me and um, where these you know they're instantly recognizable they don't go too far off the reservation in terms of representing their um you know comic gear but it's just kind of in that style um i like when they do pieces like this one where she's kneeling um uh, because when you've got a collection of these to display it just provides some levels um uh, for you, they did this earlier on. Uh, a couple of the characters, like X twenty three and um, Mystique, had that kind of you know kneeling pose as well. And then they do kind of some flight standy ones, so it gives you some kind of scope when you are um, displaying. Um, she is to be exact four point five inches tall or fourteen centimeters, and that's on the base. Um, the 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 sculpting work on the Squirrel Girl piece itself is uh, really nice. You've got some lovely work on the drapery in her costume, and then you know her big fluffy tail um, has got some nice sculpting work as well. Um, the and and paint wise, um, I've never had a paint issue with one of these pieces. They are, um, yeah, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure if. All of it is cast. Some of it does look painted. Often, like the flesh tone ones, look like they're cast in that plastic. Some of it definitely is painted, but you know, nice, um, really great paintwork, but also a nice mix of matte and glossy um, that really helps it stand out. Um, and so that is all awesome, and this is super fun. Um, but I have an issue, and uh -huh. the, yes, yeah, and the issue is that. Two things. One is is that the way that this has been sculpted is that she is um, little um, tippy toe is perched on her wrist and she's looking at tippy toe, and because of the amazing uh, wart thing um, that they've done for the stand for tippy toe, there's no option to not have tippy toe there because um, otherwise she's going, oh my god, what's this giant wart on my wrist? Um, the you know, which, I mean, it could be a great, like, superhero PSA, um, but in general for your display, it's probably not what you want. And the way that this has been sculpted is that she's basically holding tippy-toe in front of her face. And so it really um, limits your kind of display options for this um and i don't know i think i'm a i'm a face person like you know i like you know i get annoyed when i can't 
see the faces properly if they're kind of looking up or down or whatever. And so, you know, to basically to have this where you can see your face, you've got to kind of pose it um, just with her kind of side on looking at the squirrel. And I feel like it just draws too much attention away from the from the character and ends up you know focusing more on the the you know squirrel itself and i mean i know that that's her jam and it's super cute and blah blah um but it just i found it kind of irritating when i was um uh trying to photograph her because i'm like well there's no kind of way to really look at this front on even if her hands were a bit lower and so she was looking down at it but you could still kind of look at her face straight on it wouldn't mm. bug me so much um it's super cute and obviously it's the <laughs> that's you know the concept that they've gone with but even if you look at the art um i feel like there's more of a height difference with her face and the squirrel in the art than there actually is in the in the piece you know in the in the art she's looking down at it and the squirrel is kind of well below eye level um but in the piece itself the squirrel is basically at eye level and it's blocking the face so you can't kind of look at it front on so i just think it's a kind of weird design choice um i'll live with it i would have liked the option of having the squirrel there. I mean, she would have looked pretty dippy posing her arms like that, even without the wor- without the squirrel. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. You know, I, I want everything, right? Um, so, look, this is great. I think part of what we do is try and, you know, not just complain, but point out things that could influence your decision about whether you want to purchase a piece or not, etc. Things that you don't really know until you've got it in hand. This is fun. I'm really glad it's in my collection. I'm going to go 8 out of 10 dollies um, just because of Squirrelgate. Um, and I'm sure people <laughs> will email me and tell me I'm wrong and a horrible person. Um, but that's I just call that Wednesday. Um <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still really enjoying these, and they're still um, – I'm excited that we finally saw the art, not the piece, but the art for a um, Carol Danvers Captain Marvel, um, which mm. seemed like you know, that was a kind of no-brainer. That was a long time um, coming, but it's finally coming, which is cool. Um, and um, there's obviously still lots of um, – uh, scope to mine the characters. The thing that I do, I would really love to see is the, the original pieces in the Marvel line were done in one-tenth scale. Um, so Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. Rogue, Psylocke, um, Emma Frost, uh, Phoenix, which are just awesome pieces, but they do not fit with the current line at all. When they went to yeah. the um, Ms. Marvel piece, they then kind of went humongous um and that doesn't size with any of these it's bigger than what they ended up with it's just wacko um and so i would love to see them come back to those original characters and have another go at them in this scale that Mm -hmm. would be awesome excellent okay well without anything else to add let's uh head into some feedback
Before we finish, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out on the show. Now, Ben, you have our piece of news for tonight, so I'll hand over to you. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, a little while back, a few weeks ago, we ran a little competition and a uh, friend of ours, friend of the show, etc., Joel Michael, has been having a, a lot of fun with his 3D printer, doing some really groovy effects uh, for your Marvel Legends and, well, and others, I guess. So, um, And uh, Joel was really, really good and provided uh, a couple of sets of these effects to a giveaway. And all you had to do was um, send in, you know, some photos photos of your favorite cyclops figure and make it funny or you know whatever you wanted to do and joel and i would check it out and uh, so yes i have two sets of the cyclops effects and two sets of the uh the spidey spidey sense effects i guess you'd call them so um so congratulations to uh dun, 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 drum roll please mr james burns and mr derek william crab and uh derek yeah. definitely wins the day for our our funniest one um he's um his human pyramid of uh of his various cyclops figures uh cracked us up um uh, immensely so uh yes well done guys i'll be sending those out shortly after i get in touch with you and you give me a, an address of where i can post it to um and of course thank you very much to joel michael for uh you know providing those you can contact joel at slide s-l-i-d-e underscore l-s-u at hotmail.com um and he's actually been having some fun with his 3d printer trying some other uh, effects out um he's been working on some blood splatter effects which actually look really really cool um and uh, yeah i did sort of dare him to do some other bodily fluids uh, as well <laughs> you, know, if, if, you know if you build a diorama of a back alley and you've got a drunk you know up against a, a dumpster or something um you know there's a couple of other options there so uh, yeah look uh, really talented guy really nice guy and we thank joel very much and uh, we'll uh, be sending those prizes out shortly yeah, thank you, man. Very much appreciated. Okay, guys, uh, unless there's any other hot burning issues here, I think uh, it's time to call it a day. It is. Yeah, expensive yeah. week. i got to go <laughs> and eat some rice now. Definitely so. Uh, so thank you for joining us, everyone. It is always greatly appreciated when you listen. So uh, go have a good time collecting and good luck with those pegs. All right. Good journey. See ya. Ciao. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.
You're listening to Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 292 for the week of Wednesday, the 27th of September, 2017. I'm Eddie, and with me tonight are... Adam. Ben. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the XM Studios Beta Ray Bell statue, the SH Figure Arts Sun Goku Kaioken version, the Mattel Batmet... Bat I was doing so well, and it's the easiest one I stuffed up on. And you stumbled uh, over your own toy of the week. Yeah. You pronounced, so That's you pronounced... You got Adam's... Adam's right, yep. and you stumbled over yours, easy. which is all in English. Yeah. 